Hello, thank you for listening to this sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allow you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Um, I think the, I was asked to speak about how Team Jam's impacted my life. And before I can really even... Before I can really even get into that, um, I think the biggest thing that has uh, transpired with my relationship with all the Team Jam individuals is uh, uh, this idea of community that we have in Christ. And when we share community and we learn to love God and love others, we carry their burdens. And Pastor Varner uh, said that he had hoped that we would sing with our hearts and not with our lips. And uh, the cost of following Christ is nothing and everything. And many of us have lost people along the way, people who don't know Christ and people we're burdened for. I um, hadn't planned about speaking anything about this this morning. Um, the urgency the one thing I've learned is there's urgency in sharing the message of the gospel with everyone you come in contact with. Um, and if you can live with that purpose and mission, you will be taking places farther than you want to go. But God will give you the strength to get through them. And if I'm learning anything through John and Pam, it's there resolve to keep the faith and their family as well. And uh, I'm, I'm proud to call them friends and brothers and sisters because of that. Um, I don't even know how I can say anything else, but uh, I, I could not stand up here and not speak those words in good conscience because they mean too much. It's, it would be uh, callous. So... John and Pam understand what I'm talking about. So my name is Sean Lazarus, um, and I have to give you some perspective on when I came in to meet uh, John and Pam. So we're, we'll, I'll shift back on point here. Um, timing is everything. Context is everything. So I graduated from the University of Michigan. I was a three-year starter at defensive tackle. And upon graduation, I was... Uh, without purpose. I was headed to the NFL. I was without purpose. I was morally bankrupt. I was emotionally immature and I was relationally dysfunctional. Uh, I had no hope. I was living my dream and I was miserable. Um, I had a knee injury with the Detroit Lions and it was the greatest thing that ever happened in my life. Um, my relationships were reconciled. I had a fresh relationship with Christ and I became engaged to my now wife, Molly. Uh, at, upon my new relationship with Christ, I was immersed in the Bible and church and Bible study and discipleship and community, fellowship, marriage counseling, church softball, baptism, uh, and sharing Christ with others. And at some point in time, uh, October 26, 2005, 
to be precise, I felt like God called me to build a church. And it was right around that time that this uniqueness of the way John and Pam have operated Team Jam together and with the board uh, to kind of became manifest in my own life. There's a gentleman that uh, was in my office at the time. His name was Eric Schannenberger, and Pam, I believe, had a student of his, his son, I believe it was, in her class. And Eric handed me a card about Team Jam, and I went on the website, and I saw Dante Booker. I'm like, I trained in Cleveland with Eric Lichter. With Dante, like, how do I not know who this guy is? And then I'm like, Ty Streets. And I couldn't help but think about that letter and that Ty Streets was probably part of those early basketball tournaments. Ty Streets played at Michigan. He was a receiver. He was awesome. So I'm like, how do I not know this guy? So I immediately just picked up the phone and I called him. And I think John met me either the same day or the next day. I think it was the next day. And we had lunch. And I was in life insurance sales at the time. And for the longest time, I think it was like three to five years, John thought I was going to sell him life insurance. <laughs> I, I'm like, he's like, yeah, I'll meet with you. Uh, oh, you saw, oh yeah, sure, I'll buy life insurance from you if it means I can share Christ with you. I mean, that's kind of the perspective that actually is pretty accurate, describing what John's perspective is. So that website created a, a platform for me to have a relationship with John and, and then eventually with his family. Um, so I was called to something deeper and the timing of me meeting John was great because he provided me, I, I was in the scripture and the teachings with my local church were awesome, but John transcended that from within the walls of the church. God's timing allowed me to then experience that with the unique platform that God had given me individually, um, in evangelism and discipleship and, uh, deep and vulnerable conversations, uh, mentoring friendship and teamwork. And I think in the first three to five years, there were hundreds, I, I would even say probably a thousand or more people who came to Christ as a direct result of John's encouragement and uh, teaching and just uh, the important, sharing the importance of how and when uh, to share Christ. So John and Pam have modeled uh, how to live with purpose uh, they, they've been able to show me just by observing them and intentionally teaching that they've identified people that they're burdened for and that they share um, the message that they've each been given with others that they are burdened for about the message of Christ. So I, I've seen them personally fund um, efforts, and I think it was in the letter actually, personally fund uh, efforts to invest in those people they're burdened for, their time, their resources, their money. And uh, they've created like a lifestyle of how to do this. John's been very consistent in doing that. And I would say Pam as well. So back to the question. I've learned a lot of lessons from them. But back to the question, which was, I was posed with, so I set the stage a little bit, but I was, you know, what, how has Team Jam impacted me? What have I learned? So, in short, it's evangelism and discipleship, love God, love others. In depth, it's how do you love God and love others? And I hope you're, please pay attention to this, especially if you have never led anybody to Christ. If you want to know how to serve God deeper, 
please pay attention. First of all, you need to understand what I've learned. Who has God burdened you for? And what message has God given you for those people? It's that simple. And if you're serious and you care about these individuals that you're burdened for, then you're going to track them. You're going to keep track of who they are. You're going to create a list. You know, Jesus had his 12, but of the 12, there were three that were very close to him. And even one that was above those, his favorite. So you should have a list. You should have a list of three. In our lifetime, we should leave behind, based on scripture, we believe that Jesus resurrected from the dead and he revealed himself to 500. We should have contact with 500 people about the message of Christ in our lifetime. As a, as a biblical model, I would suggest that. And it's not me, but teachers, and John knows the quotes and the stories in the books, but this is the content. So you should have three, you should have 12, you should have 70, you should have 120, and you should, and 500. And you should know where they are spiritually. You just need to be one step ahead of them and have a burden and a message and just take an interest in their life. Specifically, how does that happen? You have seven significant efforts. Um, you know, even a stranger. I mean, John and I were strangers. But he, he, he was intentional with understanding. So if you're like, how do I do it, though? Like, how do I even get involved? Well, some people are afraid. But research would suggest and support actual, actual research that if you make seven significant efforts in someone's life, you are going to have a good relationship with them. And so, well, how do you make a, an, an effort in someone's life? Well, then you need to understand the seven windows of opportunity. So the seven windows of opportunity are, if you take an interest in someone's life, you care, you have them on a list, you're praying for them, you're trying to help them, you're gonna pay attention to their graduation. You're gonna pay attention to when they get married. You're gonna show up, you're gonna make a gesture. Birth of a child, personal illness, loss of a loved one, a geographical move, a career change. Those are times that you can show up in someone's life that's going to separate you from many people in their life that aren't representing Christ. Just a little plug, a scripture, a prayer, a phone call, a message, leaving a prayer. Whatever God would lead you to do. So most important, when uh, life's troubles stack up, so this is this. If I had to, if I had to cut it down even further than love God and love others, and we just go to love God, this would be the most important thing. How do we love God? And when life's one of the things I've learned from Team Jam is when life's troubles kind of mount up on you and you you feel like so much pressure, and it's overwhelming. If you were to make a list of all these things that were pressing on you, on one side of a piece of paper, and just listed everything, 50, 100, 1,000, a million things. And on the other side of a piece of paper, you put surrender and you say, read your Bible, pray, and share. And when you look at those lists in comparison, reading your Bible, praying seem really easy and really important in comparison to all those things that are weighing you down. So we can be successful in life every single day and that's something that John and I have talked a lot about early on is defining success. I came from an environment that was very structured and goal-oriented and team-oriented. 
And what Team Jam has really showed me is how the body of Christ works together and that how I can actually have an attainable, realistic, fulfilling, purposeful, lasting goal that is achievable daily, that, that allows me to feel those things. And it's not about me, it's about positioning myself before God in a proper way by reading, praying, and then sharing what God is teaching me. So I think I've taken my time up. But I, can I pray for you guys? Can I pray for everybody this morning? All right, Father, thank you so much for just the opportunity to, to stand before you and your people. And Lord, we, I just pray that you would help us to be worthy of your name, to be worthy of the purpose and calling that you've given each and every one of us, that each one of us has a, a special, unique, divine purpose in your plan for our life. And I pray that you could reveal to each person what that is and that you could surround those individuals, each, each person here with people who are going to spur them on to that end, to meet the expectation that you have for us. May that be the number one priority in our lives, that we meet the expectation that you have for us. Help us to love you and to love others with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. In Jesus' name, we pray, amen. I think the last time I was on this stage, I was like, make some noise. Ah, yeah. So good morning. My name is Jason Wallace, and I met John through my brother, Brandon Wallace, um, who was an excellent high school basketball standout. I, too, played basketball. And for whatever reason, I never got a chance to play on the Team Jam teams. You know, I was this great basketball player. I was, I was an amazing high school basketball player. Played in college, but I never got the Team Jam invite. That's okay. So, but I met John. I went to, to Nia College and played basketball there. And then coming back, I, I had a calling in my life to start a ministry, and it was a Christian rap ministry. And that ministry was called Divine Soldiers. And yeah, maybe you've heard of us, you know. We, we had some, some, some hot tracks back in the day. And um, so we were getting started, and, and so I met John through my brother, and, and John is one of those guys that when you meet him, he's like, how can I help you? What can I do for you? How can I empower you to just maximize your potential for Christ? I mean, that's what it's all about, like me helping you. And he has this amazing network, right? So, so I'll, t I'll, I'll share a little bit of my testimony and just how that works. So he introduced us to, to a, one of his board members, uh, Tim Loney, who became our manager, um, which was really cool back in the day, having a manager as a Christian rap group. You know, we go around and say we have a manager. You want to book a show? Talk to my manager. You know what I mean? So it was pretty cool. So we were doing this, uh, this road trip to go down and see one of John's other connections, um, Gerald, uh, Gerald Wilkins' son, da Damian Wilkins, right? So we're going down to Georgia to watch uh, also a guy who's in the house right now, 
Dante Booker. Raise your hand, Dante. Yeah. Dante uh, was uh, played basketball with my brother with the Team Jam teams. He was playing down at Auburn University, so we were going down for a road trip to see Dante. And on the way down there, of course, John can't just have one agenda. He has to have multiple agendas, right? So we're like, oh, we're going to stop at Georgia. And as a matter of fact, I think we were going to stop and see um, to, to Winthrop. Who were, yeah, we went to Winthrop University. We played two-on-two -two basketball, and we had to shower in the men's locker room. Like, it was kind of crazy, you know, and all that other stuff. But we went down to Georgia, and we were down there to see Damian Wilkins, who was playing for, for Georgia at the time. And so we went to his dorm room, and it was me and my brother. You know, we were Christian rappers, so John's hyping us up. He's like, oh, these guys are Christian rappers, and this and that, whatever. And then, so we're in his dorm room, and he's like, oh, yeah, these guys are good. Do a concert for them. And I was like, no, <laughs> this is weird. Like, I'm not just going to do a concert for a dude like in his dorm room. Like, this is just kind of, this is kind of weird. So, of course, my brother, who his name was, is Servant of the Lord. That was his, his rap name. And so he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we could do this concert or whatever. And I'm thinking, me, you know, I, I didn't want to do this concert, but we did. So we, we start rapping. We're freestyling. We, we do this thing. And we get done with it. And then uh, Damien goes, so how do you know you're really saved? And then it was like, God just like gut punched me, right? Like you were trying to act like you were all grand and you don't want to do this concert for just one guy. And here he says, how do you know you're saved? And we're like, well, we could pray with you. So we prayed with them in his dorm room. And then so John asked him the question. So how do you know that you're saved? And he goes, because I prayed like I never prayed before. <laughs> And it was just, it was just an amazing thing. And, and, and my testimony about John is just, he's somebody who just showed me in my life what it means to just selflessly try to help people and to mentor them and to, and to be a resource to them. And that's what I try to do today. It's, it's not about us. It's about what we can do to help others. And I think that's just the one thing that I've learned the most from John. So I'd like to say, Pam, I know it was a big sacrifice a lot of times for this guy and, and the hours and everything that he was spent away from the family and whatnot. But I just want you to know how much of an impact that he had on my life and my family's life. And even Tim Loney and, and the people that I've met through here, I, I wouldn't be the man I am today if it wasn't for the mentorship that John has provided for me. Now, my son, my oldest son, Caleb Wallace, is down at Stetson University, who is a great testimony for the fact that he's getting his master's degree right now. And you know what John does down in Florida? He seeks out my son so he can go drive hours to go mentor him. And so he's not just mentoring me, he's also mentoring my kids. So that's, that's the type of man that I'm thankful to know today because of what Christ has done in you. So I just want to say that thank you for everything you've done. And Pam, also thank you as well. God bless. Good morning, church. How's everyone doing this morning? So my name is Dante Booker. I'm a part of Team Jam as well. You guys heard my name a couple of times. You're probably wondering who I was. Just want to say it's just an honor to be here this morning to, to honor such a great man. When 
Pastor Varner first asked me to, to speak and they were going to honor Team Jam and John and, and the family, I said, absolutely. Um, I didn't know what I was going to say. Um, so, so here I am. So I'm just going to say what comes to my, to my heart. And uh, he said, keep it under two or three minutes. And I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's going to be a book, maybe a movie sometime soon. We'll, we'll see of all the things that John's done in my life and, and how important him and his family's been to me and my family. So I met John when I was in eighth grade. Um, so this is probably 1992, 93. <clears throat> we had a strange meeting. I, I first, I'll just try to share it quick. I had a, uh, a teammate that played AAU basketball with and his grandfather had uh, noticed me in the gym. We were playing basketball. His name was Sam Service. I'm not sure if any of you remember the name, Sam, but great guy, great guy. So Sam challenged me to shooting foul shots one day in the gym. And complete stranger, I'd never seen him before in my life. He just walks up and said, hey, how many foul shots do you think, you think I can make? And I looked at him, and he was bald. Uh, his pants were up to here. I said, I don't know, sir, two or three maybe. 94 shots later, he hit 94 foul shots in a row at the, at the foul line. It was amazing. From then on, he had my attention. So he asked my information, and we, we exchanged numbers, and he introduced me to a, to a guy that, that went on to change my life, and that was John Saucer. In the back, I was in the back seat of Sam's uh, Wood Grain Station Wagon. Uh, I remember like it was yesterday, yellow station wagon with the wood grain on the side and Sam chewed tobacco, so he spit out the window a lot. So if you was behind him, you had to really duck when, that, <laughs> when he went to spit. But from that moment on, uh, you know, my life has changed. We had a lot of ups and downs. Uh, so I was 13, 14 years old. So we, we had a lot of growing to do. Um, but I will share one story with you. I went to Garden City Community College after John helped me find college and helped me find somewhere to, you know, to educate myself, and, and, and he was a big part of that. We looked around all over the country for colleges. Ended up going to Garden City uh, School in Kansas. And it's the first time I've been, you know, out of town, and so I wanted to play football at this, at this college. And they said, sure, come on. You sent us a videotape of, of what you can do. Hadn't played football yet, so we didn't have no film to send in this college. So it was me and John. He picked me up. We went to the Akron U football field in the track. And I ran a 40-yard dash. Uh, I was lifting weights. And, and uh, what did I do? And then I uh, slam dunked the basketball. Uh, and John videotaped this thing, and he sent it out across the country to try to give me a football scholarship with no football experience whatsoever. Um, yeah, so I ended up going to uh, Garden City Community College, and it was going pretty good so far. This is in Kansas, uh, in case you guys didn't know where that was. Uh, tumbleweeds blowing across campus. And I'm from Akron, Ohio, so it's, this is a, a big culture shock for me. And I had a son at this point in time, which I'm giving you guys the fast, quick version of, of my life story. Uh, my son was young. I needed a way to help him 
or that I could support my son and, and college was the best way for that. And so John and his family allowed me to um, put in the help and help me find a place to go to college. So I go to Kansas, play football there, and it's about two weeks in a, to a, two a days football camp. And I blew out my knee. Um, had a total ACL reconstruction in my left knee. A guy came up blindsided me and my knee was, was totally blown out. Man, I got a son at home and I'm missing my family, of course, missing my son. So I called John, I said, John, I'm coming home. I need a ticket. He said, what do you mean, book? I blew out my knee, I'm, I'm done, I can't play football. I'm finished. And, uh, and we're talking on the phone and up until this point, we're sharing the gospel. Uh, John's praying for me every day. Um, and we talk probably once a week. And we pray over the phone. And when this adversity came, it was pretty rough. And I wanted to quit and give up. College being my only way, um, you know, to be successful at that point in time in my life when I was young coming from where I come from. So, book, you can't come home. What do you mean? I'm, I'm coming home, John. So, I've been to the saucer's house plenty of times, right? And I'll think back, I can imagine John sitting on the phone with me saying, oh my gosh, book, you can't come home. Yo, this is all we got, man. You, you twerked too hard to get here. And I imagine Pam somewhere being in the vicinity, snatching the phone out of his hand. <laughs> she said, Dante, what are you doing? And I explained to her what was going on. And she said, you're not coming home, buddy. Excuse me? <laughs> um, now, mind you, I hadn't called my mom, no one in my family, my dad, no one knew that I had this injury. My first phone call was to this man right here. She said, you're not coming home. Nevertheless, I stayed out there, rehabbed my knee, and, uh, and here I am today. Uh, from that, I played football years after that, I went to Auburn University, um, got an opportunity to play with the Indianapolis Colts, the Canadian Football League for several years, Right now, I'm an active firefighter. I've been doing that for the last 13 years. I have four children. Three of those are in the, or two of those are in the back with my nephew. My oldest son graduated from Ohio State, played football, kind of following my footsteps. Married 13 years, got an amazing wife. And the ministry just keeps on giving. It keeps on going. And I just want you guys to try to imagine the importance it is that when you invest in someone's life, down the line, it just pays dividends uh, forever. John, Pam, just want you guys to know how important you were in my life. You are. I love you guys. And I'm blessed to be here. Thanks for this opportunity, Pastor Vernon. And good to see everyone. God bless.
Hello, West Hill. It is great to uh, get a chance to share some things with you. Um, I've known John for over 40 years, and uh, our relationship began as students at Baptist Bible College, now Clark Summer University. And uh, we ended up in the same dorm in Ridley Hall and uh, spent a lot of time together there. Um, one of the first memories I had of John was when a friend of mine, Barry Kilmer, and I, um, we knew that John was a track star, and he really was. I mean, he was one of the fastest guys in the history of the school and was running track, and we decided to pin him down um, the day before track meet and shave our initials in his chest hair. And uh, we enjoyed doing that. And I think John, no, John didn't enjoy that at all. Um, but those were one of the first things that, uh, some of the first things I remember about my relationship with with John. Uh, after college, uh, a few years later, we um, we initially went different ways and I was in Philadelphia area, he was in uh, New Jersey. And then God brought us back together as only God can do. And um, John had a, a desire to work with high school athletes. And I was the youth pastor there at, uh, at West Hill. And uh, John and I got together, began to think through, and John already had in his mind what he envisioned uh, Team Jam would be. And uh, we would meet in my office there at the church. And uh, I think Pastor Moosey was, was watching curiously. And uh, Georgia was also there kind of keeping an eye on us, making sure that we were behaving ourselves. Um, but in those early days, back in early 1990s, I guess it would have been, um, we would meet and dream. And I had already been coaching in Philadelphia area at a high school and then was coaching there in Akron. And uh, John had a desire to, to get into the schools and um, really to give his life to reach young people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And he had this burning passion to reach students with the gospel. He had this desire that was not going to be stopped. Now, 30 years later, the ministry that uh, began there in the offices of, of West Hill, um, Team Jam, uh, continues to go under John's capable leadership. And over the years, I, I can only imagine how many young men and women came to faith in Christ as a result of John's ministry, John's sharing the gospel with them. Uh, real quick, some great memories that I have um, when I think of John. Uh, one of them is trying to figure out what to call Team Jam. Um, we, we, John knew what he wanted to do, but we wanted a catchy name. And uh, so we sat really probably for hours trying to figure that out. Uh, I remember making the first Team Jam t-shirts for some tournaments that we would uh, take teams to. And um, just great times, fun times, thinking thinking through all of that. And we would take teams to Worcester and uh, take teams up to Kent State, down to Columbus, and we would compete. And um, it wasn't really about the basketball or volleyball. It was about opportunity to talk to these kids about Christ. And uh, John was the one that was leading the way. John was the one that was putting the teams together. John was the one that was making the contacts. And um, it was just a, a great time. 
Um, great memories of Bible studies. I think of uh, Cuyahoga Falls. They had a great team. Firestone had a great team. And um, the opportunities to have Bible studies um, with these really premier athletes. Uh, I think of at Revere High School and uh, given a room um, during lunch, the kids could come in and have a Bible study with us. I'm going way too long. Let me share with you three words that I would use uh, to describe John Saucier. And um, real quick, first word is pioneer. Uh, John wanted to do in the high schools that no, what nobody else wanted to do. Um, they would think it was a great idea, but didn't have the resources to pour into it. John became the resource. And uh, John was the one that um, would go in there and pastors didn't feel comfortable with it. Youth pastors didn't feel comfortable with it. Um, but it didn't matter. John was going to do it. And uh, John was incredibly effective in doing that. He was a pioneer. Second word I would use for John, and, and please, John, don't take this wrong. Um, you were a pest. You were a pest. Um, you continue to show up. You continue to drag me into these schools. You, you continue to challenge me to get out of the office and get into the schools. You continue to challenge me to stop being so comfortable. You were a pest. Over and over, day after day, you would show up to, to West Hill. You would show up in my office and, and say, okay, Sorbs, where are we going today? And um, that challenge changed my life and really the trajectory of my ministry and um, helping me get away from just being so consumed with the discipleship aspect and becoming more balanced with the evangelism and the discipleship. So pioneer, past, and the last one I would say is passionate. It had to be P because uh, as a preacher you have to alliterate, but the passion. Um, John's passion to see people saved. John's passion to bring people to faith in Christ. John's passion to build the kingdom of God. In, in all of scripture, um, there's not a lot of evangelist name, but in my life, I, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to, to rub shoulders with a John Saucier and uh, to see a guy with a gift, absolutely the gift of evangelism and uh, how he um, was so passionate about that and how God used him uh, to accomplish uh, so much in seeing people come to Christ. Um, John, I, I, I'm blessed for a very short period of time back in the early nineties, mid nineties, even a little bit, um, to spend some time with you and, uh, to see God use you. And, uh, I don't know what God has for you next, but, uh, it's a really, really is a cool thing that, that West Hill is honoring you and, uh, making a big deal about what you have done in your life and you and Pam together serving God so faithfully for so many years. Um, church, God bless you. John and Pam, God bless you and your family. And uh, maybe we can get together sometime down here in the Sunshine State. God bless. Good morning. Uh, my name is Matt Futch. I'm the head basketball coach at Calga Valley Christian Academy, uh, better known as CBCA. Uh, I want to take the time, uh, along with my peers here, uh, to just say thank you. And uh, we love you and appreciate you, uh, John and Pam Saucier. You know, for all the work that you have done, uh, the ministry that you have uh, um, you know, been a part of and, and led over the over you know, the 20 years that I've known you uh, and, and more, um, it's just been a blessing, uh, a blessing to a lot of people's lives. 
myself included. You know, um, you know, John. You know, we've uh, we've known each other for for 20 plus years, and you know, you've seen me grown from a boy to a man and um, father and husband uh, you know, that I am today. And so, you actually, you know, uh, you know join myself and my my wife Martine uh, together in marriage. Uh, you even baptized me. Um, so, uh, I, I want to say, with all those precious moments uh, and other uh, memories that we've created, I just want to thank you and just say, you know, I love you to you and um, your wife, Pam, because without her, you know, you wouldn't have been able to do all what you're able to accomplish uh, during that time. You had to be obedient to her and obedient to God. And so uh, I want to say thank you for doing that. Um, I can't wait to do this again and again and again, because you got, you both uh, deserve, uh, you know, the, the appreciation uh, and hearing uh, and feeling the love that you deserve. Um, so thank you again, um, and God bless. Hey everyone, my name is Brandon Sweeney, and I'm excited that I get to honor and celebrate uh, John and Pam for over 30 years of ministry. And not just 30 years of ministry, but 30 years of God's faithfulness, 30 years of God saving souls and changing lives, 30 years of seeing God answer prayers, uh, bring in resources, 30 years of God providing, 30 years of John saying yes to God and surrendering to his will. And because of that, thousands of lives have been impacted, including mine. I just want to share with you a quick testimony of how Team Jam has made a difference in my life. John, I met John when I was 15 years old. I was in high school and Jerome Moss, who was a senior at the time, was our quarterback, was telling me about this white guy who was taking athletes to see an NFL player in Cleveland and was doing Bible studies. Now, I'll be honest with you. I didn't hear Bible study. I heard NFL player in Cleveland. I wanted to go. So we got on this van, I saw Matt Futch, uh, Jerome Moss, and a few other athletes, and we get there, and I saw and heard a man who uh, loved God, but was a great athlete, and I've never saw that before. So I thought in my mind, man, I wanna be like that, and I wanna do that, but I'll be honest, I didn't change that day. No, I didn't, I went back to my old ways. But that sowed a seed into my life. John began to stay in touch with me. He began to talk with me, come up to the school like he's done for so many other athletes. And long story short, I get to college. I end up giving my life to Christ and I'm on fire for God. I am doing athletic Bible studies. I'm sharing my faith. I'm seeing God change lives. And 2006, I'm getting ready to go into my senior year. I'm thinking that God, I'm, I've handled your business. Now I'm gonna go to the NFL. Long story short, my kidney ruptured. Uh, ended my career. I fell into depression, became suicidal. I had to go back home to Akron, Ohio, and I had to have surgery. John was there. John uh, came alongside of me. John was encouraging me. John was getting me to see that, man, maybe God has a, a bigger purpose and plan for you. He began to take me with him as he was going to colleges to speak. And then that started to ignite something in me. Uh, John, at the time, was trying to get me in ministry. And I, at the time, I think I, I wasn't ready for it. But eventually, um, I said yes to the call of God on my life. And today I'm in ministry. Today I'm preaching the gospel. Uh, matter of fact, by next year, 2023 or 2024, I'll be planning a church in Bryan Collins Station in Texas, and I'll be reaching college uh, students and athletes and young families with kids, all because of a man's faithfulness, all because of a man sowing seeds into my life. And today, right now, John is still alongside of me, still encouraging me, still asking me, what do I need? Still praying with me and for me. So John, thank you so much. Thank you for 
all that you've done. And I just pray that, man, you will hear the words of God that say, um, come unto me, my good and faithful servant. Well done. Well done. I love you. I love you so much. And I'm going to pay this forward into the next generation. Uh, here's about our God and surrender. John, I reached out to um, Pastor Moosey, and uh, he wrote this for you and Pam. Um, congratulations, John and Pam, on this recognition and celebrating and celebration of over 30 years of ministry with Team Jam. I remember your sharing your vision and your excitement back in 1991 to reach young people, junior high, high school, and college students with the gospel. I remember your vision of integrating evangelism with discipleship and wanting to be local church connected. I remember you inviting me to go with you as you visited Firestone High School and Revere High School. I saw you interacting with students, coaches, administrators, and the ease with which you connected with them and they with you. God has uniquely gifted you with a winsome and authenticity in connecting with people with different backgrounds, race, ethnicities, economics, and culture. None of that was a barrier to you in establishing relationship with them and in introducing Christ to them. You and behind the scenes of your ministry is Pam, your faithful wife, who supports you, encourages you, and has a ministry of grace to so many. We feel privileged to have been your pastor at West Hill and a colleague in ministry together. Blessings on you both as you continue to minister together for the glory of Christ, Gary and Lois Moosey. Thanks for being here, everyone. Um, as I shared early on, Today isn't just about John and Pam, it's about their God that has taken their life and transformed them. And yet God has used you, John and Pam, in a very great way. Your ministry is so unique, John, that many people don't ever see um, or hear uh, on a more public scale of the impact that you have and that you've had. Some people take that ministry uh, in a wrong way. I've heard people uh, through my years, I think that's one of the joys, but also the, the curses of being at a place for so long. You build relationships and you have people feel free to tell you anything. And, uh, you know, some people look at your ministry and they've said, oh, he just works with all those, you know, elite athletes so he can get whatever he wants. Well, John's never taken a penny from anybody. I know that's not him. And, uh, just because they become elite athletes, that's, he doesn't have anything to do with that. That's God. He's in their life to, for one purpose and for one reason, and that's to share the hope of Jesus Christ. And so if you think this is about a man who has tried to elevate himself or his family to fit in a better position um, so that he could get fame, there's nothing further than the truth. And in fact, I think it's quite the opposite. And that's why God put it on my heart. Uh, a few years ago, before COVID hit, actually the year of COVID, we were planning on having John to come 
in that October. Um, but of course, COVID hit in that March. And so we had to scrap all the ideas and all the thoughts that I had. And so we were like, oh, in my mind, I'm thinking, we'll do it the next year. Well, the next year came and gone and it still wasn't okay. And God had some other plans and other workings. And then I finally said, Lord, what would you have for us? And the Lord worked it out. And I made sure in the very beginning in January, uh, John and I talked and I said, put it on your calendar because sometimes John has a habit of showing up on different weeks when he wasn't scheduled um, to come and share, but that's an inside joke. But uh, um, we're here today and uh, I, I want to just share briefly a little bit um, even about John's family. In the back on the the counter uh, of the foyer back there are some old missionary booklets that we have. And actually one of them is um, a, a 60 year celebration. And it kind of gives a cool testimony uh, of John and Pam and their influence upon West Hill. As you've heard, the ministry began out of West Hill. It started here and uh, with Pastor Paul and Pastor Moosey. And, uh, and just a little side note, I, during that time, I was at Norton just down the road. And so I actually uh, was first introduced to John uh, when he came to Norton uh, and I was on the basketball team and he was reaching uh, the Ferris brothers. And Doug Ferris was a year older than me and John was there trying and just wanting to reach the Ferris's, which uh, Brett Ferris, if you know, Brett Ferris led uh, our pregnancy solutions uh, ministry for a number of years was actually baptized in this church and uh, is serving on the staff at the at where Emily where's he at the chapel at Chapel and Green now so um, Pam Pam grew up out in Pennsylvania and graduated from Brookville High uh, went to Cedarville College back then Cedarville College now Cedarville University. Um, uh, went to Wright State and, uh, and then got her master's degree from Kent State. Um, she was a teacher in Hudson from 1983 and then for 37 years. She started when she was five years old, just so you know. That's the only date I'm sharing, okay? Uh, John and Pam have, have four children. Uh, Jonathan served faithfully in the U.S. Army um, and, uh, and, and God saw fit to take him home early. Um, Hannah is with us here today, and uh, she's serving the Lord, teaching out at Medina Christian Academy. Hannah, we're glad you're here with us today. Thanks. Um, Brianna is not able to be with us because she was just married last weekend and has other priorities. No, it's great. And uh, her and her husband uh, both serve uh, in the U.S. Army, and I know they would cover your prayers as well as they continue there. And then their, their youngest son, Joshua. Uh, he is attending uh, South Florida and, uh, and serves there, is learning and growing. He serves in the ROTC and actually in the, is in the National Guard. And it would be good for us to pray for him as he is actually going to be deployed. Uh, if you've heard on the news, there's a hurricane coming. And so uh, Josh has been uh, deployed for next weekend uh, to serve in that way. So you can be praying for Josh in that way. I just share a little bit of that because um, behind any good man is an even better woman. And, uh, and I think John knows that. He realizes that. And I think sometimes 
Um, people don't get to hear about the other part of life, of real life. And so I'm thankful for uh, each of you men that have shared this morning and how God has used John and Pam and their family in your life. It's interesting, Sean, I, I printed off um, the, some of the discipleship information that you shared. I won't share it again, but it's really, really cool. It's really simple. If you go to Team Jam, their website, um, it, it shows you under the resources how you can disciple somebody. And Sean shared that well this morning. And it's been really, that's the way John has lived his life and desired to have an impact on people. And doing some research, I found um, this, these two verses that has, uh, is kind of our theme um, here this morning. It's uh, on the cake that we'll eat later. That's the important part that we'll get to, the cake, right? And uh, it, it's a scripture that we have had um, labeled with John and Pam and the Team Jam ministry uh, since they started. And that's Philippians 3, 13 through 14. And I just want to quickly highlight that. And how that's happened and transformed John's life and Pam's life and their ministry. But how we can use that as well. And Philippians uh, 3, 13 and 14. I want to read them for you here. If you would just listen. It says, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What's interesting is this is a continuation of verse 12. And verse 12 finishes saying this, Christ Jesus has made me his own. And I hope that there is no one that will leave here this morning that will not be able to say that Christ Jesus has made me his. Jesus died for you. He gave his life so that you can have life forever. He wants you to have a relationship with him. He offers you hope. He offers you peace. He offers you a place in heaven. It's a real place. Paul wrote this and he says, I know Christ Jesus has made me his own. And so because of that, he says, forgetting what lies behind not forgetting that Christ has made me his own, but actually if you go back a few verses before that, verses 5 and 6, Paul says, hey, if I have an opportunity to boast, I can boast. And he lists all these things because he was a staunch Jew and he was a Pharisee. He was born in a certain way, in a certain home and had this upbringing. He said, but Paul says, listen, I count that as all loss. I forget what lies behind. John, I think of how God called you at the age of 10 and your family out of Catholicism. Age 16, you committed your life to full-time ministry. And here you are today, still serving the Lord. That's awesome, man. In a day and age where so many people are walking away, who have committed their life to ministry and yet here you are continuing to serve faithfully. This isn't a retirement party because I know you'll never retire. It's not about retiring. I think about the challenges, forgetting what lies behind. Man, you guys have a lot of memories here at this place, don't you? I think about the stories that I've heard, you know, just praying that God will give you a, a baby, right? And how God has provided 
and how he's supplied, how God has been with you, Pam, multiple times as you've been diagnosed with cancer. And he has provided you the peace and the comfort and the healing. How John, God almost took you home during COVID, laying in that hospital. And I hear you were the only one who walked out of that hospital who was on a ventilator. That's pretty amazing. I know that there were men, because we were all on a chat together, who fasted and prayed that God would spare your life. And he did. Forgetting what lies behind, but straining forward to what lies ahead. The move to Florida. The mentoring of the next generation. Knowing that you couldn't be in Akron and in Florida, but saying, how can I mentor these men so that they can continue to have an impact? John, you've been given a gift. We heard it, the gift of evangelism. If you guys ever want to learn how to evangelize, I'm telling you, take some time out and spend it with John Saucier. I remember going with him to the University of Akron one time, and we went down and see the basketball team, and we're just walking down one of the hallways, and all of a sudden, before I know, I didn't even know what was going on. I'm just in shock. Like, I'm like just walking around with John. He knows these people. And he, before I know it, he's sharing the gospel with this guy walking down the hallway in the University of Akron and, and whatever that arena is called. It, it's, it was amazing. It's like it was just so natural. It was just part of your life straining forward. Sometimes it's a strain. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes there's barriers. But we make it priority. Paul says, I press on towards the goal for the prize. Making it priority. The priority of John and Pam in their lives has been sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I challenge you as you sit here and you hear these testimonies, your life can be about a lot of different things. Is it about Jesus? You may say that it's about Jesus, but how is that being lived out? When was the last time you shared Christ with somebody? He goes, oh, I don't know how to do that. Just open your mouth and ask God to help you. It just starts with one little word. To be able to share one little testimony. To offer a glimmer of hope to somebody who's in despair. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's the motivation to continue until the day when God calls us home. It's the motivation to continue until God says, I'm done with you. We press on. John and Pam, thank you. Thanks for being faithful. You're not perfect. We're not going to talk about your imperfections today or your shortcomings. I think it would be pretty cool to see, you know, names chiseled in your chest hair. But but if you would, John and Pam, would you come forward this morning? And we want to present this to you. John and Pam Saucier, 
celebrating your faithful years of ministry and dedication to Jesus Christ. Team Jam Ministry, 1991-2022, Philippians 3, 13, and 14. It's a great verse, isn't it? Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for loving the Lord, for loving each other, for raising your kids to love the Jesus that you shared with everybody else. To watch them grow is awesome. Thank you for all your, you have done and that you continue to do. And we celebrate and we honor the Lord today because of you guys. Thank you. Yeah, you said. I know I told you to prepare like a 15 minute, but then I told you to scrap it all. I do want to give you an opportunity. <laughs> said everything I wanted to say. Um, I was really hoping there's several of you here that I wanted to acknowledge and recognize for your faithfulness for God and being a partner in what we see God do. I just wanted, I just wanted to see God do more things and, and have some people along with me to see it with me. And you guys have joined me in that ride. And it was a tremendous blessing when we lost our son and some of the guys on our Zoom calls and conversations say, uh, but we're still your sons. <laughs> so... I was like, when I gave my, uh, when I did the ceremony for my um, daughter on Sunday, I was a blub blubbering mess at the end of it. <laughs> it was a failure. And, uh, and of course, I, sp I speak at all the funerals of my family, did my dad's and my son's, and was a hospice chaplain, got close to a lot of the people there. And, and I'm like, man, is anybody going to ever hear me again without crying? <laughs> and then you guys do this today. I'm like, I still can't do it, so... Uh, but it, I do want to share this. There was a, a story a long time ago where um, I was in between. I hadn't started Team Jam, and I had just finished being a youth pastor. And I was working at the juvenile court in Cleveland, where during that time I was able to... I mean, they're locking people up with me so I could talk to them about Christ. They're incarcerated with me. It was so unfair to them. <laughs> and I invited Mike Simpson. Jimmy Oliver's been in that situation. Sean's been employed in that situation in the past all these great things they've done for me, and I end up just teaching them about the detention center. This wasn't a fair trade, but anyway, some of these young men I'd work out with in the community would actually end up incarcerated with us, and it was, it was like they couldn't get away from us. It was so cool the way the Lord set it up. But one time, a young man called me, and he said, hey, you coming to my baseball game today? And I said, no, I'm not working at that church anymore. He goes, oh, okay, that's too bad. So you coming to my game today? And that's where I had to make a decision. Am I either going to be authentic and really represent? I mean, I was shallow. I wasn't only going to do it because of my job. But I had to make a decision if I was going to continue to represent Christ or if I was only going to do it because it was my job. Mm -hmm. And if I knew that I was going to play out, I wouldn't have been doing what I've been doing the last 30 years because it was too hard. If I knew how, I didn't know it was going to cost this much. I didn't know the, the burden and the challenge to my family. But, you know, like I told Kevin Sonny the other day, kind of, God kind of grabs me by the back of the shirt and just takes it to the next spot. And I'm, I can't help but talk about what I've seen and heard him do, just like in Acts chapter 4. 
So I hope you hear that today. You guys have done a great job of carrying on the messages. You know, Christ writes on our heart, and we hopefully we are writing on the lives of others as well. Thank you for the encouragement. Thanks, John. If you've been impacted by Team Jam and the ministry there, would you just stand up right where you're at, please? You or your family. Thank you. Keep it up, my friend. Oh, I do want to say, I wrote a lot of nice things about y'all. I'm going to send it by email, okay? <laughs> One of the things uh, a couple of years ago that God made evident to me is uh, I don't celebrate well, and uh, I'm I'm like a coach. So if 95% of the the race goes well, I'm focused on the 5% to get better, right? And 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 it's really a burden of mine that we celebrate the, what God has done, what God is doing. Because I think it's important. And actually, if you start looking at Israel, uh, the different feasts that they have, it's a celebration. So many of them are celebrations of what God has done and how God provided. And I think sometimes we just get so wrapped up on continuing to keep moved that we, we, miss, we miss the joy. We miss the blessing of celebrating our great God and what he does in changing lives and transforming lives. Thank you for today. Thanks for being here for each one that took the time out to be here and to join us and to celebrate John and Pam. Um, we are going to enter into the second best part. That's where the cake is. Um, and, and we're going we're gonna to have lunch together, and I hope that you'll join us. Um, our, our ladies have been working hard. Uh, I was told that the chicken was going to be done around 12 o'clock, and so uh, we're going to be right about on time. Uh, with that, that's I, that's why I went over today, just so you know. Um, it was all about the chicken today. Um, there there are just a couple quick announcements. First, um, I just want to say, if you don't have a church home uh, to fellowship and to worship, uh, we, we'd love to have you. Uh, God continues to bless us here at West Hill, and we want to continue to serve him. Um, there's an opportunity for you to grow in your faith. We're going to start a new study through the Gospel of John. Uh, at 9 o'clock, so 9 o'clock, our Logos class next Sunday will begin the Gospel of John. Uh, I'll be leading that, so don't let that scare you away. There's a lot of other good people that will be in there, um, but next Sunday we're doing that along with, there's a couple other announcements. Um, Kim, I don't know if we have them up there. One is uh, our teens are actually doing a ministry um, service on Saturday. They're actually going to be selling mums out here. But all of the proceeds, all the money will be given towards Haven of Rest, towards the ministry downtown. And so if you want to come and get a mom and you, you lost your mom, I'm just teasing. I'm sorry. Um, that's there. And then, uh, and then I think there's one more announcement that I forget. Pastor David, you remember what it is? There it is. That's it. The kids, our kids fall harvest night on October 7th. So there's a sign up out there. And so, um, so we want you to... Uh, kids feel welcome to come, be a part of that, and uh, we're excited as we continue to serve 
Awana continues to faithfully keep rolling. Uh, if, you, uh, if you've been praying, I just want to give you an update and just say thanks for praying. Keep praying. Uh, God is working. It's really exciting. Uh, had a great time uh, on Wednesday with our children. And so I just would ask that you continue to do that. Next week, we'll finish Daniel chapter 11. Please read it. Read it again. All right. We'll dig in as we get ready to close out the Daniel, our Daniel series, Joyful, uh, The Joyful Journey. And uh, again, would you stand with me and let's close in prayer. And, uh, and as you enter into the gym, you can feel free to go ahead. When the ladies give the okay, you can start digging in uh, to the grub. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you so much for the way that you love us and the way you take care of us. Lord, when we are given the opportunity, when your spirit pricks our heart and we accept Jesus as Savior, that promise that you'll be with us doesn't mean all of our struggles and all of our problems are going to go away. But what it does mean is that there is a true and living God of the universe that will be right there with us to help guide us and direct us, to lead us and to give us everything that we need along the way. Lord, we thank you that you are our God, that we can trust you and follow you, to love you, to give you our life, and to know you have a perfect plan for each one of us. Lord, I pray for each one that's here that your hand of blessing would be upon them. For those who know Jesus Christ as their Savior, that they would continue to serve you with more uh, gumption and more excitement and more dedication, more willingness to step out in faith. Lord, to love the people that you've placed in their life. And Lord, if there's anyone here today who has not yet trusted Jesus, I pray that right now, right where they're standing, they would stop the wrestling, stop the, the back and forth. They would just surrender and they would give their heart to you, Lord. They would accept Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection and the life that he gives through the forgiveness of their sin. Lord, what a blessing it's been to be here today, to hear the testimony of your servants who share about an impact that John and Pam have had on their life. And I pray that you would take that in John and Pam's heart and that you would just allow it to just ooze in them and continue to ooze out of them, that they would continue to serve you faithfully, to serve you well, Lord, to use the gifts and the talents and the platforms that you've given them, Lord, to continue to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to disciples, disciple those lives that you've entrusted to them. And so we pray your hand of blessing upon John and Pam and upon their children. Lord, may you continue to watch over them and care for them. I think of even Josh, as we said, um, being sent out, Lord, this week ahead of the, the hurricane, and we just pray for his protection. Lord, use Josh and his testimony, Lord, that he may reach some of his fellow workers who are serving right alongside of him as he shares the hope of Jesus, that some may even come to know Christ because of that. Thank you for the way that you work. Thank you that you are in charge, God, and that we're not, that we can trust you all along the way. So help us to do that this day and the week ahead. Bless our fellowship as we'll break bread together and eat. Lord, uh, bless the food to our body that might give us nourishment and strength. 
And Lord, may you bless the rest of our day and this week. And may we continue to see you do amazing and great things so that we can say to God be the glory, great things he has done. We pray this in the name of Jesus. All of God's people said.